Hello, everybody. This is Scott Yates, Director of Communications and Producer Relations for the Washington Grain Commission, here with Episode 203 of Weed All About It, or what I've entitled, Shepherd's Grain Grows Up. For those who may not know the company, Shepherd's Grain is the name for the flour produced by Columbia Plateau Producers, a group whose origins you'll learn more about coming up. I have always been a fan of Shepherd's Grain, at least in part because I've always been a fan of Carl Coopers and Fred Fleming, the two farmers who birthed the company. As an agricultural reporter at its launch, I have felt a godfatherly-like pride watching it succeed against the odds. Because believe me, a lot of other attempts haven't succeeded. Do you remember Promar? Another good idea. It was going to market hard white wheat, specifically 377S, a variety developed at the University of Idaho. It lasted a few years, and some people lost a lot of money. That's why, when farmers can take an idea and build it into a reality, I'm impressed. It used to be that when I wanted to talk about Shepherd's Grain, I'd call up Carl or Fred. But they're retired now, although still keeping active in the company. Both serve on the board. But when I emailed Fred about who I should speak to for a podcast episode, he didn't recommend either of the founders. A quick email reply suggested Jeremy Bunch. I contacted Bunch at the time, and while he was eager to do the podcast, he suggested we wait a few months because there were some developments taking place. That was back in August, I think. I didn't know what developments Bunch was talking about until I read an article in the Capitol Press that related to a court case involving Shepherd's Grain and Archer Daniels Midland, better known as ADM, the mill in Spokane that had been processing shepherd's grain flour since 2006. Turns out, Columbia Plateau Producers, the LLC that grows the grain shepherd's grain has milled, wanted to leave ADM due to a lack of performance. ADM asked a court for a temporary restraining order, blocking the move. Its submission to the court argued the breach of contract would harm its brand, reputation, and goodwill, in addition to a loss in profits of $4 million. Columbia Plateau responded that ADM had repeatedly ignored its cries for help by failing to accommodate its milling needs and trying to stop the cooperative from hiring the services of a third-party miller to mitigate the problem. The TRQ request was denied. Bunch and I talk ahead about where the company is getting its wheat milled now. Bunch is a farm kid, grew up on a grass seed farm in the Willamette Valley, went to college, came back to the farm, but eventually had to leave due to size constraints and market fluctuations. His first stop was with the Idaho Department of Agriculture, handling grain warehouse audits and organic certification. Then one day, he saw an ad for a logistics manager at Shepherd's Grain. That was eight years ago, and as Bunch puts it, he hasn't had a boring day since. For those who may not know the company well, I asked Bunch for some history and to explain what makes Shepherd's Grain different from other flower companies. 
Shepherd's Grain was formed around 2003 by two Eastern Washington wheat farmers, Carl Coopers out of Harrington, Washington, and Fred Fleming out of Reardon. And, and they just got to brainstorming and, and really wanted to reconnect the relationship between farmers, food producers, and consumers of food. Um, you know, with over 90% or around 90% of the wheat grown here in the Pacific Northwest being exported overseas, they wanted to reestablish um, a connection more regionally. So, you know, most of the bread flours that we use here in the Pacific Northwest comes from wheat that's produced in Montana or Kansas. And they said, we got to figure out how to grow hard red wheats here so that we can have um, that type of flour for our families and, and our neighbors. So they, they wanted that reconnection, but they wanted to build it upon a, a sustainability component and really upon the uh, cropping system of no-till, which Carl Coopers had already fully adopted and, and Fred had been transitioning into no-till. And so that's the basis of the program is it's built on the cropping system of no-till. And so that that's one of the things that makes us different from other flower companies is that you know we're able to uh, be choosy about which farmers we can source wheat from. They're all no-till farmers and we identity preserve their wheat all through the milling process. So it's all kept separate and and because of that, we're able to really control quality of our wheat and our flowers at a much finer, finer level. We're able to fine tune our quality because we know every farmer's wheat, how it performs, how it bakes. And so we're able to really manage quality. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, you, you just mentioned Carl Coopers and Fred Fleming. At this point in Shepherd's Grain history, What's the relationship of the two founders with the company? They are both very active in, in the company. Um, they're both retired, so not, not a, a day-to-day thing for them, but they're both on the board of directors, and, and so they're, they're involved at that level. All right, all right. How many farmers are participating in the cooperative at this point, and from what states? We have about 35 growers in kind of our core group, I guess you could call it, Eastern Washington, North Idaho. So there's about 35 farms. We, we've got a couple in Oregon and, um, and in Montana, and then a couple more outliers, one in California, and we've just started to purchase wheat from some South Dakota growers. So we're, we're pushing to about 40 growers now. In Shepherd's Grain, and I should mention there's there's two Durham growers in Alberta that makes our semolina. What are the requirements to be a member beyond direct seeding? That's really the main one, and you know, so they have to be a direct seeder, and they have to obtain uh, Food Alliance certification. Uh, Food Alliance is a third part, party certifier of sustainable agriculture, and so they come out to the farms and ensure that the farmers are indeed doing uh, direct seeding. But other than that, we, um, you know, we, we require our growers to participate in the marketplace. I mean, again, Shepherd's Grain was founded on the idea of reconnecting farmers and consumers. And so we require our farmers to go to the marketplace every couple of years and uh, promote our flower there, or we get our customers out to the farms. And so we ask our farmers to showcase their farms and, and, and explain to our customers their cropping system. But really it's the, the direct seeding is the hard and fast requirement along with the Food Alliance certification. 
Okay. So which classes of wheat are being sold through the cooperative at this point? And which is the most popular? We are purchasing hard red winter, hard white spring, dark northern spring, and soft white wheat. All four of those. Our most popular is our hard red winter, which makes a low gluten flour, which is a, um, a bread flour. And sometimes we market it an all-purpose flour and so we'll use hard red winter for that and we combine some hard white in that as well so that's our most popular and then you know dns is what produces our high gluten flour so think bagels pizza crust and then we produce a cake and a pastry flour from soft white wheat are you always looking for more farmers or is the cooperative membership closed at this point the membership is closed at this point. So kind of the, the guiding rule that we have is, is we're not going to expand our grower base unless or until that, that member base is not able or willing to supply us all of the wheat that we need. And, and currently, um, they're able to do that. But I never mind having growers contact me saying, hey, I'm, I'm a direct seeder. I'd, I'd like to be put on your list for when the time comes for you to expand. Jeremy. What is the price that growers are receiving for a bushel of wheat through Shepherd's Grain right now? So just a little bit of background on that. When, when the company started, we uh, worked with Washington State University Extension Economist to come up with really a cost of production model. So, and what came out of it was basically a spreadsheet where the growers fill out, um, they enter in all of their cost of production from the big ticket items like fuel, fertilizer, down to what they ought to be reimbursed for their home office, their health care. Every imaginable cost that goes into producing a bushel of wheat is in there. And at the bottom pops out a price per bushel that they need, need to make in order to meet their cost and to have a 5% profit margin. And so I get those from every grower once a year, average them together in a way that makes sense. And, and then that's our flat price contract price for the year. And so currently, um, we are buying hard red winter at $6.90. Soft white wheat is $6.10. And DNS, $10.07. Currently, uh, you know, if you're comparing to the commodity market, we're, we're pretty close on the hard red winter and soft white, but our, our DNS price is significantly over. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> So, Jeremy, running a cooperative means keeping a lot of balls in the air. There's sourcing, there's marketing, there's transportation, there's relationships for both farmers and millers, there's consumer relationships, and I'm sure there's many others. At this stage of the cooperative's growth, which ball is more important? That's a great question. And, you know, I kind of I kind of play in all of those realms. And that's why I say I've never had a boring day on the job. Um, I would say probably, you know, the sales and marketing is the most important thing right now um, from logistics and the relationships with our farmers. I think that we have, you know, the wheat side really, really well down. But it's just getting out there and, and selling more flour and being competitive in the marketplace that's the big challenge. So our farmers have more bushels of wheat that they would love to sell into Shepherd's Grain, and, and the challenge really is to, to go out there and, and sell it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How many employees does the cooperative have now, and, and how has that number changed over time? When I started eight years ago, there were four 
or five of us, and, and currently there are eight employees. And so the increases has largely been in the realm of, of sales and marketing because we recognized we just needed more resources in that area. Okay, okay. I saw that early on during the pandemic that flower sales rose significantly as people baked at home. But subsequently, I saw that flower use had gone down as the pandemic wore on. What has been the experience of the pandemic on home sales at Shepherd's Grain? Well, like a lot of people in the agricultural food product business, um, we, we, we saw retail demand just increase dramatically during the course of the pandemic. So before the pandemic, 99% plus of our sales were wholesale to bakeries, restaurants, that sort of thing, 50-pound bags. And 1% was retail, five-pound bags that we sell in stores or online. And so that demand just flip-flopped. And then all of a sudden, it was 99% demand for our retail bags. So we adjusted really quickly to be able to meet that demand as, as best as we could. But I, I think that things are starting to turn around. Um, I think that the demand for retail flour is still high and people are still enjoying baking at home. But I think some of the wholesale business is, is starting to come back. And, and obviously we're hopeful and optimistic that it's going to fully come back to where it was before as things open up more. Was there ever a point at which you ran out of product? I don't believe so. Uh, I don't I don't believe that we ran out of products. It was just, you know, especially during the pandemic, it was more of a supply chain issue. So we had every imaginable grocery store in the country, every grocery store chain calling us wanting flour because it was they could not find the flour. And it wasn't necessarily a matter of the flour not being available. It was just the supply lines between the mills, between the grocery stores. Everything just kind of got turned on end. Okay. All right. Now, if I was looking at a trend line of Shepherd's Grain sales, would they be going up, holding steady, or going down? I would say that our sales are, are holding steady and, and edging upwards. So it's, you know, the pandemic has thrown everything askew. But, um, but otherwise, I would say that we're holding steady and, and but edging, definitely edging up in sales. What are your marketing goals? Our marketing goals are really to make consumers around the country more aware of Shepherd's Grain and the values that we have, the, the environmental friendly farming practices of no-till, direct seeding. You know, that's starting regenerative agriculture is a phrase that is becoming more and more commonplace in society. And that's, that's basically what we stand for. And so I think getting the message across that our farmers are farming in sustainable ways combined with the, the, the quality that we offer and, and consistency that we offer in our flowers, we just we, we want to make it more national. We've been largely a regional flower company, but, but we're starting to expand nationally. So a national marketing plan to um, explain what the values of Shepherd's Grain are. One of the values of Shepherd's Grain is the traceability of the flower back to the farmer who grew it. How important is that traceability to the consumer? Traceability is always at the top of the list of, of our values that our customers appreciate. But the funny thing about it is, is that, you know, you, you can take a bag of our flower, enter in the, the lot code in, into our website, and the website will tell you who's, you know, which farmers are represented in that bag of flour. 
And some of our customers, like I'll give a shout out to Caruso's there in downtown Spokane. They'll print off the PDFs of pictures of our farmers that are in the flower that day that they're using and they put it on their counter and, and really advertise it. And so it's important for them in, in that regard. But there's a lot of customers who aren't going to you know, use that sort of marketing material, but they still appreciate knowing that that traceability is there, that it, that it is a part of our program, even though they may not use it in their marketing. If I was going into a grocery store and there was shepherd's grain and gold metal on the shelf, how much more expensive would the shepherd's grain be? The shepherd's grain flour, that is. Yeah, uh, good question. We, we're actually right in the same ballpark as, say, gold metal. So um, I had a couple of our sales people go to the grocery store yesterday. To I knew you were going to ask this question, so they checked. Um, our flour was $3.69 a bag at two different grocery store chains. And gold metal was, you know, about $3 at one place and $4 at another place. So we're really price competitive with like gold metal. In fact, we were one of the lowest price flowers on the shelf compared to some other brands like Bob's Red Mill or King Arthur. So we're really um, very, very competitive price wise. Wonderful. Now, ADM in Spokane has been milling your wheat since 2006, but recently you made a change to a new miller. Tell me about the change and why you made it. Yeah, great. So we switched to Graincraft, um, effective October 1st of this year. They've started milling our flour. And Graincraft is, I believe, the third largest flour mill, maybe the fourth, in the United States. And but the important thing to note is that they are the largest independent flour miller. And I think that that independence of their company, their, their business structure, just allows them to be very flexible, very nimble in uh, their customer service and in their opportunities uh, for us. So, you know, um, they have a mill in Pendleton, Oregon, which is where we are doing the bulk of our flours um, as we've done in the past. But then we're, we're also already in their Blackfoot, Idaho mill. We're also uh, producing flour at their McPherson, Kansas mill. So what the partnership with Graincraft is allowing us to do is just to be able to get staged to, to sell flour nationally instead of regionally. And then the other thing I would say is, is Graincraft has been very progressive in doing some of the things that Shepherd's Grain has always done, you know, identity preserving certain varieties of wheat uh, to meet certain customers' needs and, and paying the growers a premium for the, for the, the trouble that it takes to, to identity preserve wheat through the supply chain. So there was just a lot of uh, really common values that we have with Graincraft, and, and we're just really excited about where we can take that uh, on a national level with them. All right. So a lot of your wheat is produced in eastern Washington. I mean, out there in the Reardon and Davenport area, won't shifting to Pendleton add a lot of transportation costs onto the price of the wheat? And how can you mitigate that? Yes, we certainly have, have had to rebuild our logistics program from the, the, the ground up, really. Um, but it, you know, if you look at it from the 40,000 foot level, most of our flour is going to Portland or Seattle. And so it, it's really not that far out of the way if, if you look at it and it's not really affecting us, uh, financially in a way that it's just not workable. It's, it, it definitely is workable. 
Pendleton's 180 miles closer to Portland than Spokane is. So we're, we're, we're gaining on that. And our, our customers who buy the flour, you know, and they're in Portland, they're going to see uh, cheaper freight rates. And, and then from Pendleton to Seattle, it's the same distance as it is from Spokane to Seattle. And it's all freeway, both directions. So really, we look at it as not just how far the wheat has to move, but what is the total mileage that a bushel of wheat has to travel from the farm to the mill and then to our customers. And when you look at the whole supply chain that way, you know, it's, it's, it's not too challenging. Okay. Now, do you expect that your relationship with Graincraft will increase sales and why and how? Yes, we do. And, and we're very optimistic about that and, and excited to work with the Graincraft sales and marketing team. Uh, they, are, they are bringing a lot of sales and, and marketing efforts to us that uh, we've, we haven't had before. We've Shepherd's Grain has largely just supported its own sales and marketing efforts. And I think Graincraft wants to, to jump in and help us do that. And then just as importantly, like I mentioned before, they're just very flexible and, and able to get our wheat into different mills across the country so that we can you know, serve the Midwest, serve the East Coast by being in their Kansas mills. So yeah, we're very optimistic about the future with Graincraft. Okay, you mentioned Portland and Seattle uh, as major markets. What is your relationship with those two cities now, and do you continue to plan to focus sales on a city-by-city basis? Yeah, we we love Portland and Seattle. Portland especially really adopted us in in the early years, and then that we we had a salesperson in Seattle um, early on in our company that really expanded that market, and so anybody that's in the in the baking business, restaurant business in Portland and Seattle has heard of Shepherd's Grain. And I, I think that that's kind of the same model that we want to continue with, you know, especially on the on the west coast of the United States. You know, we have a lot of wilderness, a lot of farmland out here, um, and cities are often, you know, they're far and few between. So it makes sense on the west coast to definitely do a city-by-city approach. That may change in the Midwest, where you have just different uh, distribution of the of the population. But yeah, I mean, Los Angeles, San Francisco, those are two metro areas that we have on our radar uh, to go expand into next. As you look out on a 10-year forecast, and I'm sure that you must do this as a company, where would you like to be in 10 years? Uh, 10 times bigger than we are now. That would, that would be great. You know, I, I, I really think with Graincraft, we have the ability, like I said, to get into these other mills across the country. They have 13 mills scattered across the country that, that they can give us access to. So I think it's just taking one year at a time in a sense, um, kind of one month at a time with, with the pandemic going on. But then after that, one year at a time, just uh, very strategically looking at at markets and and where we can expand into, and then you know just putting all of our chips down to increase sales and marketing there. So you know, really, Shepherd's Grain was started to be a to be a value um, for our farmers, and so that's really what drives us. We we want to sell more bushels, we not more flour. Of course, we do want to sell more flour, but we don't word it that way. We really want to bring the value back to the farms and increase. They all want more marketing opportunities in shepherd's grain so that's 
that's what we're trying to build. Are the farmers who are involved, are they stockholders also? And, and do the stockholders get something in addition to a greater price on wheat? Technically, from a you know a business entity standpoint, we're we're not a cooperative. We're we're an LLC, but our our farmers here in Eastern Washington and North Idaho, kind of our our core group up here, they are all owners in the company. So from time to time, they can see dividends from the profits of the company. But uh, they yes, they're all owners. What a great system when it works. Farmers not only get paid for their farming practices, they earn money on the back end when the company is profitable. Then again, the risk of failure is ever-present. You heard Bunch say he was interested in hearing from farmers who might like to be part of the Columbia Plateau producer family in the future. His email is jeremy at shepherdsgrain.com. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y at shepherdsgrain, all one word, dot com. I'm looking forward to watching the progress the company makes with Graincraft's marketing arm in their corner. Wouldn't it be great if Bunch's vision of a company ten times bigger than it is now in ten years comes to fruition? Go Farmers! I hope you've enjoyed episode 203, or what I entitled... Shepherd's Grain Grows Up. Please join me here again next week for another episode of Weed All About It. You think we're simple, you think we're not right. Look at your cities and ask yourself who's right. We've got country and you've got crime. We've got green and you've got grime. Let there be no doubt, we have what it takes to till the soil until our back aches. Just give us a break and don't be so rude. We love the work and you love the food. We feed you.